0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Amen. Beautiful. That is beautiful. You sang well this morning, church. If you're visiting with us today, we welcome you and we're glad you're here. First time attenders, maybe, maybe first time in a long time here at Open Bible. We're glad you're here. And you know, it's hard to tell who's here sometimes because you sit behind people and you hide, you know. But uh, we're really glad you're here. It's an honor to have you with us this morning as we worship the Lord. We began, I feel like I'm getting an echo here, guys. We began a series last week, and I want to continue this morning from the book of James. So let me invite you to join me in the book of James. I didn't want to start it last week because it was Labor Day weekend, many of our families were away. But I, I needed to. I didn't have anything else to preach, uh, so I had to. But uh, if you if you were not here and missed it, we'll we'll catch up here in just a little bit and uh, and then continue on. Uh, again, we started last Sunday morning and just really covered verse one. We highlighted verse two and three, but didn't cover too much out of it. And so we'll, we'll jump back into that this morning. So James chapter number 1, look at verse 1. The Bible says there, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greeting. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now that's a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> we highlighted that last week, and we had said you know, wouldn't it have been better if he had said this, my brethren, when you come into hard times, take another pill, <laughs> right? Or, you know, just close the door, jump back in bed and wait till tomorrow. You know, that's what we like to do sometimes when hard times come. Or maybe pray this, God would just send it to Bob Fenton's house today or Bob Smith's house today, not my house today. But that's not what he said. He said, count it, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And verse 3 kind of balances it out, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And so the way that we count it joy or the way that we look at it is based upon what we know, right? What we know. And as a child of God, there are some things that we know, Right? First of all, we know that we're saved. I mean to tell you, once and for all, forever, once you get it, you got it, because the person who has you doesn't let go. Say amen right there. Uh, Not only that, but we know this, we know that we're never alone, because the Lord himself made this promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He didn't say, I'll be with thee during good times or uh, mountaintop moments. No, he said, I'll be with you always, always. You know, and we need him most when that always is in the valley, right? So count it all joy, and we're gonna talk about that in a moment, uh, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh. so what, what we know helps us. And then he says in verse number four, let patience have her perfect work, that ye might be perfect. <laughs> And I know for many of us, we say, well, preacher, I've already arrived at perfection. I'm already there. Uh, but that word means mature, an entire, complete, satisfied, wanting nothing or needing nothing. And then verse 5, he said, if any, if any of you lack wisdom, no, don't go there yet. If any of you lack wisdom, go back, guys. Let them ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Right? That's a great Bible verse, isn't it? And that's going to be the highlight of of the message this morning, verse number 5. And we'll get there in just a moment. For the sake of those who were absent last week, who were on vacation last week, weren't with us last week, let me just highlight a couple of things that I feel are important moving forward. And that first one would be mm, the introduction of James. You know, he he just says James, no last name, right? He didn't say James Kima, you know. Or 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 Jimmy from around the corner. It's not James Taylor, you know, or James Carpenter. You know how last names came about? Tell you how they came about. There were so many James that they began to say James the son of. Right. So James's dad's a tailor, so let's name him James Taylor. Uh, That James's dad is a carpenter, let's name him James Carpenter. I have no idea what Kima means. but right bob smith uh way back way back brother bob your your great, great 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 was probably some kind of a smith right and i don't mean the last name smith but maybe a blacksmith, you know or and so they got that's how you picked up last names my last name means in in italian extremely good preacher <laughs> that's what that means i looked it up a few years ago so you know that's not true. Yeah. But this is just James. And, and he could have said this. He could have said, uh, because, you know, James, we said this last week. James was, uh, we believe, the lead pastor of one of the largest churches in the Bible, the church in Jerusalem. Large church. I mean, that church just kept growing and growing. You read through the book of Acts, church in Jerusalem, I mean, had phenomenal growth. They were growing by the thousands, not by the families you know and, and, and it's believed that James was the lead pastor of that church so he could have wrote and said James the senior pastor of the largest church in the area that would have carried clout right you know he could have said this because we found out of the four Jameses met, mentioned in the New Testament this James was the James who was the Lord's half brother and so we could have used that you know as his calling card he could have said a james the half brother of the lord jesus christ so you better listen up but that's not what he wrote look, look look how humble he is he just says james what's the next few words a servant of god and to james that spoke volumes to james that meant more than anything else but i want you to tuck this into your heart He is writing to individuals that he probably has pastored in in the past because he says in verse number 1 again, he's writing to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, my brethren. And so if you read in the book of Acts, in chapter number 8, you come to realize that the church in Jerusalem was really growing and doing well, but God had told them, Donald, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And at that point in time, they were very content to stay in Jerusalem. Say amen right there. Comfortable pews, air conditioning, good lighting, beautiful choir. Why leave here? But God said, I need this gospel message to go throughout the whole world. And so, what God did, since they wouldn't move, God moved them. And what He did was He sent some persecution church in Jerusalem began to get persecuted, and the Bible says they were scattered abroad. And when they were scattered abroad, Dave, they went everywhere preaching the gospel, right? And so now James writes to this group of individuals, many of them we might call today Messianic Jews, you know, uh, Jews who got saved, they're now trusting in Christ, and now they're scattered abroad preaching the gospel everywhere they go. James writes them as a means to encourage them, and again, he's probably served as their pastor, you know? And what he says to them in this text of Scripture, again, is interesting, we highlighted the moment ago. He says to them in verse number 2, I need you to, I need you to count it all joy going through these difficult times. So, Pastor, uh, help me understand that. What is James saying? What is, is James saying that even though the bottom has dropped out, even though your back is against the wall, Even though you're going through some of the most difficult times uh, of your life, just be happy? I don't read it that way. You know why? Because I live life long enough to know that's not possible. But what he is saying is this, when he says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or different kind of trials, is this, "Mm, you need to change your perspective Take that in for a second. Take that. Doesn't that change everything? Instead of just walking around in a very shallow way, smiling when you just got the worst news of your life, giggling when somebody just told you you have a brain tumor, huh? laughing when a loved one just died or you lost your job or something else unpleasant, a difficult circumstance comes your way. Doesn't it change everything when you think of it this way? Change your perspective? What James is saying is you, 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 got, you got to rise above it. You got to see things a bit differently. Doesn't that change everything for you? Come on, church, get with me. Doesn't it change everything? It, it kind of makes me say, if I can say it this way, it kind of makes me understand that James isn't a kook. James isn't giving shallow pats on the back right? You know you know what that is, right? Dave's going through a, a difficult time and come along and say, we pat him on the back and say, but it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If he were to be honest, he'd say, how do you know that? How do you know it's going to be okay? And I, I would probably say, have a good day. It's going to be okay. And people are really thinking, well, how do you know it's going to be? How do you know it's going to work out? And then maybe we'll throw a Bible verse out. But James isn't saying that. James is saying this, I know you're going through a difficult time. Let me encourage you to change your perspective. Mm. Dave, I know you're going through some difficult times, but if you try to see this through God's eyes, hello? (laughs) That's different counsel, isn't it? That's different advice, isn't it? And that's where, that's where verse 5 comes in. Fellas, throw up verse number 5 if you would. Verse number 5 is a wonderful verse of Scripture that should never be detached from verses 2, 3, and 4. It all goes together, right? However, every once in a while we'll take a Bible verse, not out of context, but we'll capture a Bible verse and just use it for some other, you know, connecting tissue in life. But this goes along with the text. Read it with me this way. Verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, don't stop reading. If any of you lack wisdom, let him do what? Let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him wow so here, here, here here's what james does james begins to speak about trials and trials being unavoidable and if we had the title of the discussion this morning my title would be when trials come when trials come because they're going to come huh i mean it would be It would be a disservice for you and I to lead someone to the Lord, having them think that now they're saved, everything is going to work out. wonder, it's going to be a beautiful life. Because the fact is, if you're honest, after you got saved, things kind of got a little bit more intense, right? You went home and you told somebody, right, Peter? You went home and you told somebody, man, guess what? I just got saved. And they looked at you and said, What? Did you join that cult down the street on New Brooklyn Road? Everybody just, man, just was just so happy you got born again. No, no. It usually went the other way for most of us. Correct? Huh? And so uh, the idea that James is kind of speaking to us about here is this. You know, when when, when you come into the family of God, you you, you need to expect that life isn't, physical life isn't going to be that much different. The difference is this, if you change your perspective, you're not going it alone, and all these things that happen to you are happening to you on purpose for a reason. If, if you could, if you're really interested in this study, I encourage you to go onto our website, look at last week's message. It said a number of things last week that builds or lays the foundation here. I ended the message last week, if you remember, looking at some of the storms. We call them storms trials and troubles that come into our lives. I call them storms. And some of these storms are sent directly in our way from Almighty God. Not all difficulties come from below. Some of them come from above. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say below? You know, we give the devil way too much credit. Every once in a while, God allows or sends a difficulty to come into our life on purpose. What's the purpose? I said this last week, if you remember, I labeled those storms as being some of them detecting storms. God will send a difficulty our way because there's something that needs to be de- de- detected in our lives. Maybe God's trying to, to, to show us a weakness you know, or, or some kind of a flaw, an area that we, we just are struggling and we, we are you with me? Yeah. Sometimes they're developing storms. Maybe a storm will come, a trial will come, a difficulty will come, and God's trying to develop something in our life, right? Some character trade or a little bit more faith. And then some of those storms are directing. So they're detecting, developing, and directing storms. A difficulty will come your way every once in a while, and God is trying to direct you, right? And so what James is saying here is this. These trials are going to come. The best thing you and I can do is change our perspective and seek God's wisdom on this so that we might understand our trial. Did you get that? And so, this morning, I want to talk a little bit from verse number 5 and, and on this subject of wisdom, the concept of wisdom. Well, how does this play into it? Are you with me now? Yes. Kind of got past last week, and now we're going to start fresh this morning. This verse number 5 uh, speaks volumes. Throw that back up if you would, uh, gentlemen. Verse 5, and he talks about if any of you lack wisdom, the concept of wisdom. Now, let me say something about that. Are you with me? wisdom isn't wisdom isn't concluded with the word knowledge knowledge is wonderful right we all have some level of knowledge we have know-how about something right how many of you drive a car how many of you realize in order for that car to run the engine's got to start in order for it to start it needs a number of things one thing it needs is fuel right and so tyler's going to begin driving real soon i imagine he's 16 now going to 17. and so one of the things that i'm sure pastor tyler taught him is this where the gasoline station is what side of the vehicle the gas tank is on or at least the fill how to put the in and then how to use your own credit card for purchasing that gas right One of the things you need to teach your teenage boy or girl when they're getting ready to drive. So, we have knowledge of something. Are you you with me? However, however, if you and I were to conclude that just because we have knowledge of something, we have wisdom, we might be wrong. We might be wrong. Uh, uh, You can have knowledge and not be wise. You know, we live in a a time when man's knowledge is expanding rapidly. Why? Why? Because we all have a cell phone, and we can be the smartest person in the world just by knowing and learning one word, or two words, hey, Google, (laughs) or hey, Siri, right? I use Google most of the time, hey, Google. And I mean, I I ask it all kinds of questions. Hey, Google, we're sitting down having dinner. My wife says, what was that movie? Hold on a second. Hey, Google. (laughs) You know? Uh, Yeah. Hey, Google, when's my wife's anniversary again? You know our anniversary. You know I know, I know when it is. It's May fifteenth. I always forget the year, but I know the day. And that's all that matters, right? That's all that matters, right? No matter the year. Who cares about what year? But even pay attention now. Even though our knowledge is increasing rapidly, it doesn't mean it translates to wisdom. Huh? No doubt about it. And, 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 and that's, that's because, you know, wisdom comes from above. You've heard this name before. You heard the name Albert Einstein. You've heard that name, right? You know, they say this, he was a genius, and he, he probably was. And when he died, do you know when they died that they, they dissected his brain? They did. I'm not sure what they were looking for, but they did. But I read this. I read a quote from Albert Einstein that I think is suspect. Do you have that, guys? Do you have that quote there? Would you throw it up on the screen for me, please? This is a quote from Albert Einstein. Look at this. He said, in their struggle for the ethical good, teachers of religion, that would include me and our Sunday school teachers and you, must have the stature to give up the doctrine of a personal God. A genius. A genius. (laughs) A genius made that statement. Huh? Look here, and I quote. That's a quote from Albert Einstein. I didn't make it up. I'm not that smart. But based upon what he said, the Bible would conclude him to be a fool. Because the Bible says the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. In fact, you know what Job said? Job 32, verse number 9 Go ahead guys. Said great men are not always wise. Neither do the aged understand judgment. Just because you're older doesn't make you wiser. That's Bible. That's Bible. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because wisdom wisdom comes from above. Wisdom is a God thing. A God thing. Let me, give you, let me give you what I believe to be a working definition for wisdom. Now, are you with me? I, I like to stop every once I'll ask you that, just to be sure. Look at this definition. Wisdom is the God-given insight into human circumstances and situations that enables man to see God's will. Leave that up for a second. You got a cell phone? Take a picture of that. Write it down. Hide that somewhere in your heart. Because that speaks volumes. Wisdom is God-given, God-given insight. God-given insight that will help us right where we are today for whatever we're going through today. Hello? And enable us. Not only is it insight, it's enablement. It's enablement to do what? To see through God's eyes. That's bigger than you're letting on. huh? That's wisdom. I like that. Uh, Let's talk about that just for a moment. James says this, when God gives us wisdom, it's actually the ability to see our trials from His point of view. Did you get that? And so, in essence, let me make this statement. Listen to this statement. According to James, according to the Scripture, According to the Lord, understanding our trials requires wisdom. Take that in for a second. You good? Raise your hand if you say, I'm good with that. Understanding trials requires you and I to have wisdom from God because understanding our trials means we've developed a God perspective on it. I'm able to see what God is trying to do with it. Are you with me? Uh, let's, let's talk about that just for a minute. Did you ever hear this statement? I should have, I should have put it on the board, but I, I forgot to. Listen to this statement. Somebody said this years ago, and I quote, I don't know who it was, so I can't give any, any credit, but I heard this before. It said, unless there is within us that which is above us, we will soon yield to that which is around us. Did you ever hear that before? Roger, did you ever hear that before? Let me say it again. I'll say it one more, one more time. Unless there is within us that which is above us, we will soon yield to that which is around us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James is saying this. James is talking about something within us that comes from above us that equips us and enables us to deal with what's around us. Yeah. Maybe we ought to just have an invitation right now. That's rich, James. Huh? James is saying we have got to have something from above to deal with what we're going through. You know? And he calls, it, he calls it wisdom or this, this insight. Look at, the word, look at the word in verse number five, lack. If any of you lack wisdom. Now, I'm not talking about being smart. I'm not talking about being able to, you know, put together a project and see it through. No, put it in context. If any of us lacks divine perspective, are you with me? church when you get quiet I don't know if you're with me if any of us lack divine perspective when it comes to what we're going through what do we need to do ask God huh I had no intention of saying this but I think I need to say this just for your help when I go through some difficult times every once in a while I I I get overwhelmed, huh? Uh, yesterday, Brother Bob, I was speaking to a bunch of men down there in, in somewhere, in <laughs> Galloway Township, forgot where we were. And, and I was talking about trusting God, the process of maturity. All that God does, He does to get us to one spot where we can trust Him. And I remember saying this. I, I brought up my wife's situation when she had cancer. It was during the most difficult time in our lives. We were very young Christians at the time. Well, not young Christians, but young people, right? How old were you, Donna, when you had cancer? 37? 36. 36? 36. 36. We were both 36, and we had three or four kids at the time. Four. We have four kids at the time. She's a walking reference, man. I tell you, she's always good to have with me because she's, she's got it down. And when that happened, I'll be honest with you, I wanted to be pastor. I wanted to be, man, this is going to be okay, It's going to be what? But inwardly, I was like, uh-oh. It always used to be the house next door or the house down the street. It always used to be that other member or that other guy's wife. But now it's mine. Now it's my wife. Now it's my home. Now it's my family. Are you with me? So guess what I needed? I needed a divine perspective on this. Are you with me? Does that make better sense now? Because my, my perspective was I was under it. And when you're under it, you're not going to be able to see what God is doing. You need to rise above it and look down upon it. Now I got God's vantage point on it. Huh? Uh, Brother Riddell, you remember Jack Hiles. Everybody remember Jack Hiles? Hiles lived years and years ago. He was a great preacher, one of my favorite preachers. He always used to use this illustration. I used to love it. He talked about being a boy in this scenario, looking at trials. It's talking about being a boy and sitting uh, on the floor, his mother uh, would be on the rocking chair and she would be doing needlepoint. Did you ever hear this illustration before? And, and so he would look up from sitting on the floor at you know that needlepoint and from his vantage point, man, it looked like just a mess, just a bunch of strings, different colored strings with absolutely no pattern at all. And he would say, Mama, what in the world are you making? And she would say, Jackie boy, come on up here. And she would bring Jackie boy onto her lap. He would sit on her lap and then look down and see the pattern that she was following, and it made complete sense. And every once in a while down there, uh, down here, when we're looking up, uh, be honest with you, I think we question God more than we like to let on. I think sometimes we look up and we say, God, what in the world are you doing? Why was my wife 36 years old, four kids, church is growing like wildfire? Why now? Yeah. And then he says, uh, Salbo, come on up here and sit on my knee and take a look down. <whistles> wow. You're going to open up a ministry for us to people who have had cancer, and my wife will counsel scores of women pastors' wives, church members, wow, now I can see what she's going to be okay. It's all going to work out. what you learn, pastor? To trust what I believe. You'll never be able to trust it unless it's put to some kind of test. Oh, I hope you're getting this. If any of you lack wisdom. He's speaking here about something that's absent or missing. In this case, what's what's missing? Wisdom, divine perspective. That's what's lacking in that text. And I want you to notice this, because this is key. Look at verse 5 again. See that word, if? If any of you lack wisdom. James is not saying this. He's not saying, if you find yourself not as smart as you think you are, No, he's saying this. You're not as smart as you think you are. If is translated in that text of Scripture, since. So we could read it this way, verse number five. Since you lack wisdom, you ought to ask God for it. You're not as smart as you think you are. Huh? See the difference there? Huh? And that's not me speaking. I think you're brilliant. I think you're wonderful people. What, he, what he's saying is this, trials have a divine purpose in our lives. They're there for a reason. And we give way too much credit to human, you know, influences or demonic influence when it's really God just working behind the scenes to help us to become a part of that design that he wants us to be. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Yeah, and so... And so, I, I think this, I think, I think it comes down to desiring it. That word ask, look at it again. I'm trying to give you word on word. If any of you lack wisdom, let them ask. Let them desire. Right? Since you lack wisdom, since you lack understanding, ask or desire for God to open up your eyes and help you to see from his perspective. Hmm, I like that. I like that. And so I would say this, I think according to that wisdom is required. Right? It's required. The only way you and I can understand what God is doing is if we get his perspective, right? So how do we get it? It's simple. Look what he said again. Then if any of you lack wisdom, let him uh, ask, ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And so asking is the key. We have not because we we ask not. Right? Doesn't come from without, doesn't come from within. Wisdom. doesn't come with age? Where do you get it? You get it from above. Uh, you've heard people, uh, quote, "reference ancient proverbs." I used a couple a few weeks ago. One is this: "He who anticipates calamity suffers it twice." That's a proverb connected to worry. Right, I got some. I got some good ones for you today. Ancient proverbs. You like ancient proverbs? Uh, here's one. You ready? This is this is from Carol to Barry. If you want your dinner, don't insult the cook. That's a proverb. Right, Carol? Yeah. Here's one. Those who throw dirt are sure to lose ground. That's deep. Do you get it? That's deep. This is my favorite, Raji. Chinese proverb. Man who run in front of car get tired. Now, you might think Preacher Riddell gave me that one, but I made that one up myself. pretty good, isn't it? But there's no divine perspective there. That kind of wisdom comes from. But look at chapter 1, verse 17. Look at verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from where? You know what wisdom is? You know what divine perspective is? It's a gift from above. It's a gift from from God, and He wants to give it to us liberally. Look at the word. I'm still in verse five. Look at the word "upbraideth." You know what that word "upbraideth" means, and "upbraideth not." It means to censure. You know that, right? It means to censure. Uh, uh, it, it means to find fault with. So now, get this: since you lack the understanding of why this trial has come into your life, pay attention right here. Instead of looking for a way to escape, instead of looking for the door to flee, instead, we ought to ask God for insight. That's what this looks like for us. Ask God for insight. God, why why is this going on? Not, why me, why now, why not them? No, what, what are you trying to teach me? Help me to see through your eyes here. And God will answer liberally and upbraideth not. He won't censure you. He won't say, oh, Jesus, Dave's at the door again. (laughs) Again, Dave, you just brought this to me yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Now, that's what I would do. I'd say, Dave, you're not listening. You asked me this question yesterday and the day before. Not God. He upbraideth not. You know why? because some of these trials don't vanish or overnight. They linger. They linger. I told you this before, my mother, who's now with the Lord, was a great woman of faith. You, you'd love my mother. If you know my mother, you'd love her. She's a soul winner. I mean, she was just, she is a sharp, good-looking woman. I look just like her. She's a good-looking woman. <laughs> She's a wonderful lady, but my mother went through a bout with depression that lasted two years, two years. I'm talking about, I'm talking about my mother was a whip, didn't never miss church. I mean, went into the prisons to disciple women. Uh, My mother was, she was the real deal, but she went through a two-year depression, And, and, and I think it was... I think it was a change of life, brought something later in life, and then some other personal things in her life, Uh, really just, you know, two years. And many times, many times, I wanted to say to her, Mom, please get some medicine. Because I hated to see her going through what she was going through. But my mother wouldn't. Now, I'm not advocating don't. I, I don't have any skin in that game. Whatever works for you works for you. But my mother wouldn't do it. She would not take medicine. She wanted God to remove this from her. You know, and so guess what she would do? I promise you, this is the facts. Mrs. Janizzi sitting right there and can testify to it. Every single morning, she would, my, my phone would ring. Right, right, Don? Every morning, my phone would ring and it would be my mother. And now after, uh, you know, a few weeks, month, two months, you know, kind of know who it is. And I'd pick up the phone and I'd say, hi, mom. First thing in the morning, hi, mom. And here's what she would say to me. And she's bawling. she was already up balling. You can hear it she's you know she would say this simply this is all she would say to me am I going to be okay that was it she didn't say you got to come over and pray over me you got to anoint me with oil I already did that I was her pastor but she would just simply say am I going to be okay two years and I would say mom you're gonna be fine and then she would say Would you just pray with me? And I would pray the same prayer every day. Every day. When I would hang out with her, she would call my sister. Sometimes she'd call my sister and then call me. And I'm so glad God upbraideth not. (laughs) There there was never a time when I said, Mom, you're driving me crazy. There was never a time when I'd say, Mom, man, alive, you're going to be okay. Get over it not one time not one time and when she got past it and i look back on it i'm so glad that i never said to her you need to get past this you need to get over this i thought you said you're a woman of faith i never did that you know why that's impatient and our god never does that to us he never does and so when you're going through whatever you're going through and it just it just lingers You know, and you just need to keep going to God. Don't think for one second he's like us where he might say, oh, oy vey, wearing me out. No, he's saying, you're going to be okay. I'm here. Just keep looking up. And little by little, I'll reveal my plan. Little by little, I'm going to make you into what I want you to be. By the way, after that, my mother made it through that. And then she began to counsel women like you wouldn't believe at levels you wouldn't believe (laughs) until the Lord took her home. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it it shall be given him. Yeah. Next time, I need to finish, but next time we're going to look at verse 6, 7, and 8. And in verses 6, 7, and 8, the Lord kind of lays down some conditions. Some conditions. Look, 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 let's read it. We'll prepare ourselves for next time. He said, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and? Now look at verse 7. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Why? He says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so it's kind of like mm, believing, but I don't believe. Trusting, but nah, nah, not trusting fully, right? There's a message there. We'll look at it next time. Did you ever hear of Andrew Murray? Yes. Andrew Murray? He, he wasn't a member here. And I know preacher's old, but he never preached with them. Andrew Murray lived in the late 1800s. He's best known for two things. One thing is this. He led a great revival in South Africa back in 18-something or other, 1850, 60, something like that. And secondly, he wrote an unbelievable book named Absolute Surrender. Just a little, it's not a big deal. Great book. One day, Andrew Murray was having breakfast and uh, was sitting by himself. Hostess came over and said to him, Mr. Murray, there's a woman uh, sitting over at that table, and she recognized you, and she's going through an extremely difficult time in her life. And wondered if you had any advice. Any advice you can share with her, Mr. Murray handed the hostess a piece of paper that he just finished writing on. And here's what he said. He said, "Give her, give her this advice. I'm writing it down for myself. Maybe it'll be helpful to her." And here's what he wrote on that, that little piece of paper. He wrote, "In time of trouble, say, you got that slide, guys." In time of trouble say come on just keep going go with me find it come on come on is there yeah. I knew they'd get there they just tried to test me in time of trouble say I am here say it with me class by divine appointment in his keeping under his training for this time i'm gonna leave it there for a second i want you to i want you to absorb that i am here look here you may not be going through it right now but guaranteed you're going to go through it and when you do i'm not talking about you get a flat tire you know what to do just change it i'm talking about when when the bottom drops out when your back's against the wall when you can't make sense of it when you need to have wisdom divine insight Maybe you can follow the, the words of Andrew Murray. I am here by divine appointment. Huh? In his keeping, under his training, for this time. <laughs> That'll help. That'll help. Why? Listen carefully. I promise you I'm done. We're not alone. We're not alone. God's promise never to leave nor forsake. He's a ready reference. He's right there with us all the time and he wants us he wants to help us navigate through life amen all we need to do is ask just ask him i concluded the message last week with this statement remember when i said you have it guys everything will work out in the end if it's not the end or if it's not working out it's not the end huh i'm going to show you before we're done studying that that bible verse all things work together for good to them that love god that necessary that doesn't necessarily mean on earth there's some things that may never change down here but all things will one day work together for good it may not be till we get up there but rest assured it will amen what do you do when trials come Ask God for wisdom. God, give me some divine understanding, and He will. Amen? And we'll become more like Christ. Hey, let's pray together. Our heads are bound. Thank you so much for being here today, and thank you for paying such good attention. I hope the book of James serves to be a great benefit to us, great blessing to us. You never know what tomorrow may bring, but we do know this. We know that our God is there already. He's already there tomorrow. He's waiting for us. And so if tomorrow's difficult, God already knew it. He's there waiting to help you in it. Tomorrow may be the greatest day of your life. God knew it. He's there to celebrate with you. It's just good to know he's there. Trust him. Talk to him. Share it with him. (laughs) He cares greatly for you. Father, bless your people today. I'm not sure what each one's going through, not sure what today is or tomorrow may bring, but we're glad we know you because you've got it all under control. You're the great I am, the Alpha, the Omega, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thank you. And I pray that you'll bless your people with great courage and great strength as we just each day show up, just live life, Give us that wisdom, that divine enablement to see life through your perspective, especially our trials. And Father, if there's someone here this morning who has yet to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ before they leave this room, would you help them to consider doing that very thing? Just get saved once and for all. We have men and women standing by. I'd be happy to help them, give them good understanding of the scriptures. We pray in Jesus' name and amen.
0: for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.